What's going on, readers of the world? Hello, I am Dan Fuller, your host here at Burley Fisher's Isolation Station, and I am joined by the gruesome twosome today, Sam Fisher Ooh. and Hurley. How are you? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm loving it. I've just recorded a pod with an amazing uh, gentleman who is one of the triumvirate who deals with Weird Walk, which is a zine of folklore and magic and poetry and all kinds of wonderful left field stuff so i'm on a bit of a high from that i'm also reading a bizarre apocalyptic trilogy uh, by the russian avant-gardist vladimir sorokin which is just kind of like heaven for a kind of weirdo <laughs> like myself um so yeah i'm doing good um sam how are you yeah no i'm very well as well um been finally finally found some concentration been able to read so i've been enjoying that um still kind of working my way through the hillary mantel novel which is just so good um the level of detail is utterly astounding that makes, yeah. makes you feel like it can't all be research i mean i'm sure it's yeah. not all research but the, the kind of texture of the of the era that yeah it's amazing but also been reading emily yeah. dickinson about bees and trees and seeds and um yeah it's good springtime stuff so yeah if you, I'd, I'd recommend uh i'd recommend her if you're if you're if, if you're struggling for concentration i think she's, she's good great. spring read definitely cool and and what about you how's your going Good, yeah. Uh, reading wise, just finished The Leopard by Tomasi de Lampedusa, which was just a beautiful, beautiful book that I would highly recommend to anyone. What I'd give to read, the, read that again for the first time. Yeah, it's just yeah. Yeah, absolutely amazing. It's on my shelf, and I think based upon your uh, esteemed recommendation, I might take it next after this uh, long Russian trilogy is at an end. Yeah, dive in. Um, and, and Sam, we have a very special guest to kind of tail the show with as well, I believe. We do, yeah. We've, we were going to make the bookseller thing a regular feature and then um, we forgot, but now we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> and today we're speaking to Peter, who runs Books Peckham, which is a secondhand bookshop in Peckham, which specialises in zines um, awesome. and kind of super small micropress stuff. Wicked. So caught up with him um but asked what he'd been reading basically and how, how he's been getting on so you'll hear that at the end awesome sweet so it's uh zine central here and i'm going to pass over to the one and only daniel p fuller <laughs> <laughs> and owen from weird walk let's roll Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you happen to be in the world. Today, we are going to take a strange and weird journey into the margins of the British psyche. I am joined today by Owen from Weird Walk. Hello. Now, Weird Walk is a beautifully put together zine which covers uh folklore I'm, I'm just reading from the the first issue here yeah. <laughs> um, folklore music poetry rambling dungeon synth pub history medieval graffiti standing stones morris and all of these kind of disparate yet somehow kind of unified traditions that are existing on the margins 
of British society. Is that is that a? I think that's a yeah. That's a that's definitely a fair reflection of what we're <laughs> what we're aiming at. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Um, so the first question I wanted to ask, and I, I know you guys kind of revel a little bit in the in the enigmatic nature of the publication, <laughs> yeah. um, is if you could just tell us a little bit about. Because you do two other guys you do it with, right? Yeah, that's right. So myself, Owen, James and Alex, friends for a long time mm-hmm. and uh, decided to, to put this together, really. Oh, lovely. And, and, and kind of what thought process led to you kind mm. of deciding to actually make it happen? Well, well it started, very much started with walking, with with rambling. Mm-hmm. It, it's a it's a funny journey, really, because just thinking about this the other day, there seems to be lots of lots of people getting into rambling, getting more and more outdoors obviously not at the moment yeah. but uh in the, over the last few years it's been a it's been a real area of interest yeah. and you know maybe we could dig into that but i think that for us we we wanted to go and do something we hadn't done before which was kind of a, an extended walk so we started off doing the ridgeway yeah uh walking from avebury up into oxfordshire uh-huh. over a, a period of a week or so and and we just really got the bug. So ever since then, that that must have been like five years ago. And ever yeah. since then, we've we've been doing whenever the time allows, doing longer walks. But because we always had an interest in history, music, folklore, yeah. the weirder side of life, if you like, yeah. we've trying to been researching a little bit, I suppose, uh, some of those walks and mm-hmm. trying to go along to cool places along the way, mm-hmm. stone circles, you know, interesting churches with strange graffiti mm-hmm. and all these kind of things that. I, I suppose we wanted to, I, I don't know, we wanted to connect a little bit with the land, connect a little bit yeah. with history. Yeah, and, 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 and kind of what's emerged is quite remarkable, I think, really, because, like you say, like, the, the idea of the landscape is mm. deeply rooted in all the kind of content I've been kind of leafing through the zines again this morning. It's beautiful photography throughout the publication as well. Mm. But there's this sense in, in the kind of essays and interviews that are published interconnected with the landscape is cultural creation yeah so you have you know like an article about medieval graffiti and um, which is just phenomenal you guys chewed me on to dungeon synth the music's a genre which i'm just obsessed with now um yeah so, so let's let's talk a little about this the idea of place as kind of these touchstones on walks whether it be a pub or a church or a stone circle mm. yeah and I, I kind of wanted to get a sense of when one arrives at one of these sites um, mm. What kind of thought processes are going through your head? What kind of intellectual or emotional experiences are you having when you're undertaking these walks? That's a really interesting thing to think about because I think it's it's very different depending on uh, where you are. Mm-hmm. So, for example, one of my favourite places to walk and has been for many years because it's local and both Alex and I are kind of Hampshire, Wiltshire located. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're very lucky to have places like Avebury and Stonehenge and Stonehenge is one of my favourite places to walk, not just around the stones themselves, but the Stonehenge landscape more broadly. And I mm-hmm. think that for me, I can speak personally, but I mean, for me, when I'm walking there, perhaps I might have some music on or something like mm-hmm. that if I'm work- walking on my own and perhaps just picking up on uh, I, I know I, I kind of want to use the word vibe you know just kind of just immersing myself in in a particular sense of history and mystery yeah. and I think it's quite different if we're, we're all walking together we might uh, recently we walked the South Downs Way and yeah. we were going to places like Chanctonbury Rings and um, then it was just you know it was great just to kind of stand within the rings and just have a chat about you know imagining what this place would have been like and w- what this place might have witnessed over uh-huh. over the years and other times it's just completely spontaneous because I think one of the things that we 
always say about weird walking is to really embrace detours as well so yeah i think it's really cool to be able to plan routes and read up on folklore and think about you know the archaeology and things at stone circles stuff like that but i think it's also you know we might just see something interesting in the field and just go you know yeah. and that's where we've we've spotted lots of cool stuff as well is just being out and about amongst it and you know often that will involve a pub so we might yeah. just like take a detour like you know the druid's arms in stanton drew which just happens to have megaliths in its beer garden you know so you yeah know, yeah places like that yeah i mean i i know some of the areas you're talking about um stonehenge avery and so on i used i, I worked as a tour guide for a few years oh wow um, a while back so i am kind of familiar with them especially the red lion pub which i've mm. probably spent a bit too much time in on the job <laughs> yeah wonderful place yeah i kind of i i, I love this idea of detour mm. and i i think yeah it's it's the, the detours i think are sometimes when the really interesting special things happen yeah totally agree yeah because i i i think part of something that makes walking special is the solitude and the sense of yeah being able to take in a scene that is or or, or a vista or, or whatever you want to call it that is kind of unpolluted, especially for someone like myself who's like a city dweller, you know? Yeah, and I think I think that kind of what we often talk about kind of weird walking being a, an active engagement with the landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, exercise is part of it. You know, I really, you know, that that is definitely part of just the the movement of the legs. You know, it's kind yeah, of yeah, it's yeah, good yeah. for you, but it's also it's 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 doing something that you can't do on a treadmill or whatever it is. Mm. Do you mind if I just read a little bit of what Ben Myers said about that in issue two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. And what he says, he says, I I think that visceral engagement with landscape in Britain can put us back in touch with our ancestors and remind us of lineage. For hundreds, no thousands of years, a majority of the population lived outdoor hunter-gatherer lives and then later agricultural lives. Only in the Mm. past 300 years has that changed. I think the rapid shift towards domesticity accelerated by digital developments is taking a psychic toll and i think there is something around that as well yeah 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 for sure i i, I read that passage this morning as well and it there is uh, especially in this period when kind of mm. cities and towns are quieted a lot of people are reporting reduction in anxiety or reduction sure. in, yeah. in in yeah. this 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 kind of cloying sense of just movement mm. that's unarrested mm-hmm. and you know ben Myers is an amazing kind of touch yeah of absolutely whole, yeah kind of aesthetic mm. i kind of wanted to, to kind of talk about ben because his, his book is really interesting in that the gallows poll for those of yeah. you who are not familiar he, he, this is very much history that is rooted in agricultural and mm-hmm. working class practices yeah this is not the britain as imagined by the romantics who are elite writers and poets and mm-hmm. musicians and so on um these are stories that you know you might hear an elderly great uncle telling at a family mm. gathering, mm. you know, or a bloke you meet down the pub. This is, yeah. you know, a lot of it's oral, mm-hmm. which is really special. And I, I think this is why these kind of folk horror moment that we're having at the moment is so special, is that people are starting to talk and share these these narratives again. Yeah. One of the good things about social media is that people have discussions at a great distance. Yeah, and these, of course. We can kind of, I guess, reseed the soil with all these stories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's balanced, isn't it? I mean, there's so many 
obviously there's so many brilliant things that have been brought about by the digital developments that Ben's talking about there Mm -hmm. but also it is that ramping up of anxiety and kind of change in the sense of time something that Alex I think talks about brilliantly in the magic circle zine which we've done recently he wrote the text for and took the pictures Mm-hmm. is this sense of the context that we get from just being around those monuments and yeah. uh, j- just that reminder of our current moment is just a moment and it kind of it does give you that that real sense of context um a mm. deep time i suppose which is which can yeah. be so important yeah that deep time thing is really interesting because like, like as you say we're kind of in this such a fast fast moment at the moment yeah it's very difficult to see where it's going mm-hmm. in many ways I'm going to try and avoid getting into long kind of diatribes about capitalism. But mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the problems <laughs> of this globalized society that we're having is that people are becoming alienated from deep mm. time, I feel. Mm. Um, and this is why I feel like the stories that you guys are, are, are bringing to people's attention are so important. So I, I wanted to talk about a little bit about this guy, William Kemp, who features yeah. in your first issue and is... Mm the mascot of Weird Walk? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I mean, he's someone that we all have a great, I suppose, love of as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think we say in there, if we're in a pub sometimes, you know, it's, it's raise your glasses t- to Will because yeah. he, he, he was kind of one of the first Weird Walkers, really. Yeah. You know, Morris danced for, for nine days from, from, <laughs> from London to Norwich and uh, <laughs> ever the self-publicist kind of, published a book about it at the time which is quite yeah. a, you know a little bit of a hit but sadly then disappeared from view and and uh, died in in poverty but a, gr- a great story i think something that's um yeah i think that speaks to something about weird walk as well which is we're quite interested in th- these little footnotes of history really i mean will kemp really is kind of a yeah. you know the great works of shakespeare is kind of a footnote to that in some respects for many people but yeah what you were saying on there about shining a little bit of a light on some of the less explored, certainly in popular culture, the less explored mm. corners. Obviously, you know, he, he makes an appearance in Upstart Crow and things like that as well. So it's kind of in yeah. the, uh, there's something in the ether about Will. Um, mm-hmm. There's actually a, a great statue of him in a, in a Weatherspoons in Ilford, if you ever get a chance to. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you go to the Great Spoon of Ilford. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, even though it's Weatherspoons now, they've kept the statue of Will Kemp, which is in there. For all their sins, yeah. <laughs> uh, Weatherspoons are quite good at maintaining yeah, their characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this Kemp guy is amazing. The Nine Days Wonder, that's right, I believe. That's right, yeah. He called it. And I, I love the idea that, you know, he had a falling out with Shakespeare. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm just going to basically do an insane publicity stuff. It's exactly that, uh, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stories of, you know, villagers meeting him with big loads of beer right. and yeah. coming out to do jigs with him and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Yeah, definitely. So I want to talk a little bit about music because mm. um, folk music is a big passion of uh, a lot of mm. us at Burley Fisher Books. And I, I was drawn to the essay about... The Doctor Who cycle demons. Yeah. Stephen Dow, yeah. I believe, is yeah. the writer. Yeah. So, but there was a passage in the essay that really spoke mm. to me. Um, and, and this ties into kind of the musical element of weird walking. Yeah. It says, while the hippies embraced the iconography, it was the middle aged who were holding meetings and publishing monographs. That brought to mind to me musician, mm. uh, who I'm a huge fan of, um, Ewan McCall. Mm-hmm who, for those of you who don't know, led a folk circle called the, the Critics Group, yeah. or the London Critics Group, and they were responsible for bringing back a lot of these old folk songs, which have been 
largely dying out around the 60s mm. and doing some kind of I guess archival work. Yeah. This kind of connection between folk music and walking is 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 just so so key for me because the songs again there's it's like as you say it's like the, the same thing you feel when you're in a stone circle there's this kind of ambience that kind mm. of draws you back into an age and I, I just wanted to ask mm. about what your relationship with music and walking was. And I, I think that you know that's something we're very cognizant of. I mean we're all massive music fans and involved in different ways in music historically and th there's a couple of things i think that we do this thing called solo rambler's guide which is where the dungeon synth uh comes from and it's something mm -hmm. we're going to return to uh in the third issue which we're putting together at the moment which is very much almost kind of matching albums to walks or to locations or to landscapes because i think there is yeah. something about that a particular piece can be evocative of a particular walk or a particular landscape yeah. and that yeah. some things, you know, just work. I mean, I always think of things like um, like the trip where Steve Coogan puts on Joy Division in, in like, yeah. across these moors or something. You kind of think, initially you yeah. kind of think that wouldn't work, but then actually yeah. it's absolutely perfect. And I think there's, yeah. there's something about the way that music conjures memory and conjures mm -hmm. emotional memory as well that can really put mm -hmm. you in a particular place or, or that can make connections. Because, of course, once you've got that, once you've got that, those little <laughs> connections between that particular song and that particular place, that's kind of there then, isn't it? And, you know, you can yeah. almost yeah. travel back to that place through the song. Uh, so it's really yeah. important, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think there's something... Because music is it, it, it's so insanely open to interpretation yeah. and so insanely personal to people. It has this kind of power to imbue place and memory with very personalised uh, importance. Mm. But I, I, I think the idea of matching music with walks is, is kind of this kind of quite special act of communication, I guess. Mm. And again, this, to attend to this idea that there is a conversation happening between people who are interested in these kind of weird corners of, of, of the country. Yeah, and there's a broadening out as well. I think that that's, that's a really good point. I think that that's the bit about that we're really keen on with Weird Walk. It's, not, it's kind of not just about rambling. It's not just about yeah. folk horror. It's not just about music. It's kind of finding a space where all those things we're interested in can be put into the mix, really. So a lot of the content that you guys are putting out is very much couched in the countryside. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a particular, just very short essay, kind of a ghost story, mm -hmm. I guess, in a sense, about flat top pubs. Yeah. Short history of flat yeah. top pubs. This is something that I found really interesting in that, like, obviously you have the flaneur tradition mm -hmm. in cities. Yeah. But what is not remarked upon is that, you know, London, for example, is built upon four or five different Londons. Sure. Built on top of one another. There, you know, there's this idea that cities are kind of rootless places and that the people there are people of no places. But this story of the pub, to just, just, just to kind of bring our listeners up to date, is uh, it's a kind of short ghost story about a flat top pub, the Greenwood, mm. which had a basement that was much larger than the space upstairs. It was an, on the estate, but kind of no one really wanted to drink down there for whatever reason. And it, and it was sealed off um in 1989 i believe because it, the clientele just avoided this yeah. basement like the plague what struck me about this firstly and I, I kind of i want to visit the location of this place if i can first of all that folk is not something of the past as i understand mm. it is something that's 
happening whenever people tell stories absolutely yeah can also happen in places you know like you know we associate estates and flat top pubs as kind of drab you know depressing or some people do drab depressing places what you've got here is this incredible story that is incredibly recent Mm. so i just kind of wanted to kind of talk you know, ask you about your thoughts on urban spaces and weird walking and uh, folklore and, and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think I grew up in the West Midlands very much in kind of a suburban, not a rural mm-hmm. uh, place at all, but very much kind of suburban, post-industrial kind of landscape. And there's magic and there's wonder and there's story everywhere, right? Isn't there? I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of so I think there's absolutely potential for that. I think that also there's, Steve's story is great and we're really hoping that we can get the there's two parts to it the second one we haven't published yet and we're hoping we can get the mm-hmm. the second part out as well and i think what steve touches on with that is is this sense of the mystery that can underlie anywhere i mean yeah. because i mean it's interesting what you say about london everywhere's this palimpsest isn't it everywhere is built on you know to a certain degree it has layers of history to it and I think that as an example, during lockdown now, it, I, I live on the edge of, uh, of the countryside, but not, not fully in the countryside. So it's kind of a suburban mm. kind of area. And um, mm. obviously I can't go out and, and do long weird walks at the moment, but it has made me really look at the environment of the place. I mean, so there's an estate just nearby where there's a very small part of the estate, which was uh, actually an Iron Age hill fort. Oh, wow. And you wouldn't know other than the fact that there's a street called Celtic Drive and there's a place yeah. called the Ramparts. And... Yeah, I did a bit of digging there. Under our local Aldi, there's an Anglo-Saxon execution burial ground um, uh, where they found kind of beheaded and bound skeletons, you know. So there's everywhere you look, there's something. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and London has so much. um, Oh, yeah. yeah. And and also so much from uh, over the last, you know, hundreds of years, people coming into cities as well bringing their own stories, which, which just enriches the, the folklore of the nation, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So obviously this is a passion project. For you yeah, guys. yeah, very much. The content is fantastic, but I, I, I was wondering if we have a lot of problems in the world right now, as I'm sure our listeners <laughs> are very aware of. Um, and as I was kind of flicking through this morning, um, and you spoke a little bit about an interesting, really interesting rambling. I was brought to mind the fact that by drawing attention to the fact that in places that seem, for want of a better word, normal mm-hmm. or every or commonplace or everyday, there are incredible amounts of things to discover and see and, and learn. I kind of almost thought this could be a, a, an antidote our previous obsession with flying out to places to experience their culture, mm. where we never really engaged with our own and this is not in like a nativist no right wing sense um more in the sense of that like i was wondering if you had any ideas about whether there was kind of like some a a social function behind what you were doing whether you had any desire to get conversations going that could i guess change the way that people think about space that they live in and the spaces that they can explore and the places they can discover yeah i mean i think there's there's definitely something about you know weird walking if you like in, in a sense that mm-hmm. there's uh, you know delighted that people will you know will say on, on the internet things will say oh we're weird walkers this is what we do we kind of we go you know we haven't necessarily been out to the moors which are two miles away but now we've started going out there and having a look and stuff and yeah and i think there's a shift there there's more and more people getting involved in rambling there's interesting kind of overlaps you know if you think about the guys at, at hikadelic uh, uh, yeah. you know they've proper mag and things like that they've kind of come up through football culture 
and we were you, yeah. you know we're big football fans and th- there's kind of a strange overlap between people into football and rambling as well and there's music yeah. people getting into rambling there's there's that wonderful play black men walking uh, which which is you know really recommend which uh-huh. shows that uh, that there can be diversity within this as well yeah i think that there is something about maybe exploring what could be you know could be on your doorstep not necessarily directly on your doorstep but uh and as you say not necessarily in a in a nativist way but just in a in a sense Mm -hmm. of don't dismiss what is there don't necessarily need to fly thousands of miles to to really get involved with some interesting stuff really if that makes sense i don't know yeah no no it makes a lot of sense and 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 again to turn to the sort of side steps and stuff we talked about stone circles at the kind of very beginning of this conversation and i've had privilege to be in the stones at sunset once mm. which was just an incredibly powerful experience but my main experience of stonehenge has been with several thousand people crowded around the stones whereas avebury yeah um which you mentioned in in issue one a road far less mm. travel yeah and obviously around you've got the west kennet longbow silbury hill and this the, the spring which i shamefully didn't even know about until i read, read it in the, in the magazine yeah yeah i just wanted to kind of return to mm. this idea of kind of sidesteps and places like i've roads less traveled and I, th- I think there's a real movement towards that at the moment i mean there's so many great people yeah. on online so many great people on instagram i mean yeah people like samoth grimshaw who do fantastic you know i mean obviously he's a bit curtailed at the moment because of uh, the current situation but um mm-hmm. you know really inspirational people going out there and really exploring and mm-hmm. you know that is what one of my favorite places in the world it is that part of wiltshire really it's just so incredible yeah and as i say luckily we're not too far away from it so we can you know go out there quite a bit and places like Fifefield down which um is where the many of the stones from these famous stone circles were drawn from and still now uh-huh. Just littered with sarsen stones you know a river of sarsen stones yeah 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 and you know you've got the devil's den uh incredible dolmen there and uh, it's just um yeah. julian cope is such a big fan of and you know some of these i suppose as you say these kind of weird walks less traveled i'm really interested and excited in because there's there's so many resources to find out about these things now you've got things like the the old stones and their app which is great for locating it's called the megalithic portal great for locating some of these these sites that are just on your doorstep oxford university have done a thing which has mapped all of the hill forts uk and you can kind of zoom in and find you know where's near you so i mean there's again we're talking about the pros and cons of that 30 40 years ago you'd be thumbing through some tome in a local library trying to get the location of that but now yeah. it's it's there for everyone so th- that is i suppose that has democratized access yeah. to some of the more out of the way places um, and yeah. avebury being a case in point because if you go to avebury of course unlike stonehenge in a way is as you say it's far less tourist orientated i suppose mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think that's why it's really special when i was guiding you yeah. find all kinds of kind of strange groups of, of individuals right. gravitating there. I, I remember one, one time I was taking a bunch of Americans up to, to West Kennet, the Longbow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And as we approach 
the barrow, I hear a really strange noise, and I can't really make out what it is. As I kind of, because it's, it's quite dark mm. at the entrance, it's quite narrow mm. and quite dark, and I kind of poke my head round, and there are a load of people in white flowing robes singing wow. in a language which I don't recognise with candles. Wow. And they invited um, myself and the small group in to join us as they're conducting some uh ritual i, I guess and it turned out they, they come all the way from uh northern sweden oh wow yeah they come all the way from sweden to the long barrow that's amazing to, uh to conduct some ritual and, and, and i think that i i guess why weird walks are so captivating because they can just draw you and and give you experiences that yeah i think so never have had before yeah and I think that's right. And I think that, um, you know, it's something we've talked to, I don't know if you know, the kind of folkloric painter Ben Edge is a great, um, mm-hmm. a great uh, painter of uh, folk customs in the UK, a mm-hmm. uh, fantastic painter um, from London. He talks, talks about, you know, just kind of being out on a walk and stumbling across a Druid ceremony at Tower Hill. Yeah. And that kind of changed yeah. his, that got him into researching all these folk customs that he now paints so brilliantly. And uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think walking can do something that, that you can't do for, from the comfort of your own home. And when things finally open up again, uh, we'll, we'll be out there again, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, so to round off, so you guys just before lockdown, I think, published Magic Circle, yeah. which was outstanding, right? But I think a lot of people listening today will be eagerly awaiting yeah. issue number three. Can you maybe give us a sneak peek about what might be in store for that issue? Yeah, sure. Well. Um, we've uh we're just kind of putting it together at the minute and there's there's, there's lots of things mm-hmm. in the mix but um i think it lo- it's looking like we're going to see a return of uh dolmania which is a really popular feature looking at some of our favorite dolmens and ones to get out to yeah. um we're yeah. definitely going to have some some more music because i think that's something that people have really connected with and so we're maybe looking at another uh, rambler's guide and the dungeon synth one really seemed to connect with people because i think it was something that yeah. was really new for some some folks and they kind of yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of started exploring this this uh, strange little genre hopefully uh, an, another great uh, author interview although we, we were just kind of we're, we're looking into that at the moment but i you know i think it's going to be a it's going to be a good one awesome awesome owen thank you so much for My joining pleasure. us today thank you with a wonderful conversation and yeah perhaps we shall meet upon a weird walk <laughs> when yeah, all this so. is over yeah um all right mate all the best Cheers. thanks so much for coming Cheers, right. Dan. take care Hey Peter, how's it going? Hey, hey, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, thanks for coming on, joining us today on the show. Not at all, not at all. So tell us um, a little bit about Books Peckham for those who um, haven't heard of it. Yeah, so in kind of happier times, um, I've got a little shop down the alleyway in Peckham, just off Rye Lane, selling secondhand books and jeans and other fun stuff. It was originally pre-lockdown. I'd just gone full-time, like the worst possible time. <laughs> um, so hopefully if, if we ever get back out down, down the alley again, I'll be, I'll be there six days a week. Fingers crossed. Making time up. You'll be there twi- two days a day. Exactly. I'll be there 24 <laughs> hours a day, yeah. at least for the first few months. But you're still posting things out, right? Or um, local deliveries? Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I wasn't just because everything is at the shop. I don't have any like stock anywhere else. And I wasn't really planning on like ferrying stuff back and forth, especially because once it's closed, it's inaccessible. Like, because I have everything yeah. outside, it's like, 
Yeah. So I was kind of doing a bit of like zine mail order because I have some of that stuff online anyway. But now our post office is shut, so there's no more post. Shit. Uh, <laughs> for the time being. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but me and uh, this guy, Jake, who I buy stuff from fairly regularly. He's got like a big, he's got a couple of garages worth of stuff from a secondhand bookshop that him and his dad used to run a few years ago that I've kind of been buying stuff off him occasionally over the last like year or so. So me and him have like joined up and he's basically sending me pictures of what he has. I put them on Instagram, facilitate the sales. And then he's doing like a weekly delivery drop around South London. So if you're in South London, definitely follow Peter. What's the hat? Is it at Books Peckham, right? At Books Peckham, yeah. Yeah. All one word. Great variety of stuff. Great prices as well, I must say. Well, thank you. (laughs) Cheap and cheerful. Um, So because zines is kind of your speciality, right? Because you're going to be doing a PhD on zine making. Is that right? They're funding dependent. Yeah, Yeah. funding dependent. (laughs) But it's it's your kind of area. I wondered if you'd been, if you'd seen any response to all of what's happening in the zine making community yeah i think it's kind of a weird one because like everyone's really been holding on to like the physical the kind of like material nature of the zine mm-hmm. like there's kind of no other option at the moment everyone even the people who've been holding out for the longest are kind of like oh, okay fine i'll upload it as like a pdf for people yeah. to like read but there's been some like super nice kind of collective particularly related to like covid responses like there's a online zine called horrid i guess horrid covid horrid covid which is like just collecting like writing and a uh, little video and audio clips and stuff from people and there was another there's another one that is by queer work archive in rhode island and mm-hmm. they they've done like a risograph edition of all of these like i guess in the u.s things of a little bit they're a little bit behind us so they've managed to kind of collate all of this stuff physically print a riso zine and then they've scanned it if you kind of you're getting that like tactile sort of thing and that again is like 200 odd pages worth of people contributing about what they're doing at the moment now they can't do what they normally would be doing it's kind of it's it's yeah. funny i suppose it's interesting isn't it because zines are so much often about about materiality mm. that i guess the, co- the kind of content is going to become even more focused yeah. i feel like afterwards there's going to be a big boom in like what people are working on but haven't been able to like print or mm-hmm. get out there there'll be a little zine influx post lockdown yeah. hopefully so what have you been reading just um i've been finding it really hard <laughs> to read mm-hmm. uh, i was like so hopeful that i'd finally be able to read like pilgrimage by dorothy richardson or like some other big like tome that I've had sat around. Yeah, I've been finding it super, super difficult to read anything long. I've kind of, I, I thought I'd been yeah. revisiting people that I really love. So like I read a Renata Adler book, Samuel Delaney. Uh, I read Laurie Moore, Self Help, which I'd never read. Like people who I know mm-hmm. their voice, I guess. The like yeah. kind of easy, comforting sort of, I know I like this person. I know it's going to be good. Yeah, I feel like it's not, it's not, it's not the time for the new the new mm, in a sense. yeah <laughs> you kind of it's very difficult to to motivate yourself to step into a new voice one that is, is unfamiliar mm, at the moment yeah and i think i've just been trying to be like honest that if i'm trying to read something and really finding it difficult to focus just like okay maybe i'll try something else for now <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely I, I think otherwise you just end up not reading mm. at all right so i suppose i'd also just like to ask if there's already zines that you'd particularly recommend any that are available yeah 
Um, I mean, I guess other than the, yeah, Horrid COVID is really good. And um, the Risograph one is the Urgency Reader. And there's another one, which is it, it's called um, What Would a COVID Doula Do? Um, but I've been I'm doing like a <laughs> newsletter every morning, kind of sending out links to stuff. Um, which is just like books Peckham on Substack, or there's a link on my Instagram page. And I've linked to all of those on there, just like PDFs. But yeah, but they're all kind of the similar vibe. It's just like responses to what people are doing, like some serious, mm. some kind of more fun little how-tos about how to stay sane and stuff like that, which have been super nice. Yeah, that sounds brilliant. Well, thanks so much for coming to talk to us. And um, yeah, everyone follow peter on at books peckham and you can um find his newsletter there and keep up to date yeah and keep yourself entertained. and i'll see you down the alley after yeah whenever we can exactly. sometime in the uh in the future <laughs> all right well look after yourself thanks sam see you soon Okay, wow. So on that note, it's time to end the show once more. Thank you so much to Owen for coming on. I, I felt like the process of that conversation almost like mirrored the weird walk experience itself because um, it was quite rambling at times. I just really want to go outside and dig some shit up now. It also, it also really made me miss the pub. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulled out, pulled out for the pub. <laughs> yeah 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 um and thank you so much to peter for coming on and telling us a little bit about what's going on yeah and if you do want to order um from him best thing to do is, is to go on, on onto instagram he's got amazing stock um so if you're looking for a kind of super backlist obscure read have a look at what he's posting he's he's um he's been doing posts most days so yeah great prices as well maybe we should round off by saying what we've got coming up anthony Myself and you interviewed a wonderful individual uh, yes. just this morning. Uh, yes. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we interviewed Mendira Sen from Sri Samya Publishers in Calcutta. Um, and we spoke about feminist writing, um, Dalit writing, and the landscape of literature in India at the moment. So it was mm -hmm. a pretty incredible episode. Mm hmm and we've got uh, another Indian publishing house, Seagull. Seagull, are they called? Yeah, Seagull tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. And then we have a big, big backlog of international publishers. So we've just got a lot of amazing content in the archives now. So just keep your eyes open and your ears pricked. And some fire will be dropping very, very soon. Mr. Fisher, did you have anything to sign off on? Any, any last thoughts? Oh. Just big love. Stay inside. Don't be tempted by the um, siren call yeah. of the weird walk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and read some Emily Dickinson. Let us know what you think. Yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Envelope poems is the place to start, <laughs> in my in my humble opinion. Okay. Um, but yeah, stay safe. Be cool. All right. Read love and blessings, everyone. This is Burley Fisher signing out. Burley Fisher's Isolation Station was brought to you by the team at Burley Fisher Books. Your hosts were, as you probably know by now, were Dan Fuller, Sam Fisher and Anthony Hurley. 
Today we were joined by Owen from Weird Walks and Peter from Books Peckham. This show was produced by Dan Fuller with music by Anthony Hurley, a.k.a. Dear Brother. I'd tell you to stay safe, but you probably are, and if you're not, you're a mug.